This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of asthma drugs from the respiratory section on MedBullets.com. As a quick overview, therapeutic strategies for treating asthma include decreasing inflammation and increasing sympathetic tone. There are seven families of drugs that are commonly used. One, corticosteroids. Two, beta agonists. Three, muscarinic antagonists. Four, methylxanthines. Five, chromalin. Six, anti-leukotrienes, and seven, omalizumab. Now, let's talk about each of these families of drugs in a bit more detail. So starting with corticosteroids, inhaled corticosteroids are the first-line therapy for chronic asthma. Examples include momatazone, fluticasone, budesonide, beclomethazone, triamcinolone, and flunicilide. The mechanism of corticosteroids is inhibiting the synthesis of virtually all cytokines, and upregulating the expression of beta-adrenergic receptors. They also inactivate NF-kappa-B. And remember, NF-kappa-B is the transcription factor that induces the production of TNF-alpha and other inflammatory agents. Corticosteroid toxicity may cause oral candidiasis. Therefore, you should use spacers or post-inhalation mouth rinse to prevent this. Moving on to beta-2 agonists, these drugs are short-acting and used for breakthrough symptoms and during acute exacerbation. Examples include albuterol, known internationally as salbutamol. Other examples include lave albuterol, and others used much less commonly include terbutaline, metaproteranol, which acts on the beta-2 receptors and has minor effect on beta-1 receptors. And another example of a beta-2 agonist is isoproteranol, which is non-selective, and know that this can cause tachycardia and may actually lead to cardiac death. Long-acting beta-2 agonists are used for maintenance in combination with inhaled corticosteroids, never without. Examples include salmeterol, which can cause tremors and arrhythmia, and formoterol. As far as the mechanism of beta-2 agonists, beta-2 receptors are activated on bronchial smooth muscle to achieve bronchodilation. Stimulation of adenylate cyclase leads to closing of the calcium channels and ultimately the relaxation of smooth muscles. Moving on to methylxanthines, drugs like theophylline are rarely used. However, the mechanism is inhibition of phosphodiesterase, leading to decreased cyclic AMP hydrolysis, and this causes bronchodilation. Methylxanthines are also metabolized by P450 and blocks actions of adenosine. Methylxanthine toxicity can cause seizures, narrow therapeutic indexes, nausea-slash-vomiting, and arrhythmia. Muscarinic antagonists include drugs like ipratropium and teotropium. The mechanism is competitive inhibition of muscarinic receptors, which prevents bronchoconstriction. This is also used for COPD. Moving on to chromalin, this is used for prophylaxis only. Again, chromalin is used for prophylaxis only and is ineffective during an acute asthma attack. The mechanism involves preventing the release of mediators from mast cells. Toxicity from chromalin is rare. Moving on to anti-leukotrienes, drugs include zolutan, as well as zafirlucast and montelukast. Zalutan is a 5-lipooxygenase pathway inhibitor which blocks the conversion of arachidonic acid to leukotrienes. Zafirlucast and montelukast block leukotriene receptors and are particularly effective in aspirin-induced asthma. Finally, omalizumab is clinically used for severe uncontrolled asthma with elevated IgE and is specifically used when there are symptoms and activity refractory to standard therapies and oral glucocorticoids. As far as the mechanism of omalizumab, this is an anti-IgE antibody that inhibits the action of IgE with inflammatory cells. Asthma can be caused by uncontrollably high IgE response. 
Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, a 19-year-old woman with a history of poorly controlled asthma presents to her pulmonologist for a follow-up visit. She was recently hospitalized for an asthma exacerbation. It is her third hospitalization in the past five years. She currently takes inhaled salmeterol and medium-dose inhaled budesonide. Her past medical history is also notable for psoriasis. She does not smoke and does not drink alcohol. Her temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 110 over 65 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 75 per minute and respirations are 20 per minute. Physical examination reveals bilateral wheezes that are loudest at the bases. The patient's physician decides to start the patient on Xaluton. Which of the following is the most immediate downstream effect of initiating Xaluton? And the choices are 1. Decreased production of leukotrienes. 2. Decreased signaling via the leukotriene receptor. 3. Decreased IgE-mediated pro-inflammatory activity. 4. Decreased mast cell degranulation. And 5. Decreased signaling via the muscarinic receptor. The correct answer to this question is 1. Decreased production of leukotrienes. So the patient in this vignette presents with poorly controlled asthma given a history of multiple hospitalizations for asthma exacerbations. Xaluton is a 5-lipooxygenase inhibitor that blocks the conversion of arachidonic acid to leukotrienes. To quickly review, leukotrienes are pro-inflammatory substances that are produced by lipooxygenase-mediated conversion of arachidonic acid. There are two types of leukotriene blockers with slightly different mechanisms of action. Xaluton directly blocks 5-lipooxygenase, thereby decreasing leukotriene production. On the other hand, leukotriene receptor antagonists such as zafirlucast block signaling at the leukotriene receptor but does not decrease leukotriene production. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, montelukast and zafirlucast are leukotriene receptor antagonists that will decrease signaling via the leukotriene receptor. Answer 3, omalizumab is an asthma medication that functions as an anti-IgE antibody, thereby decreasing the pro-inflammatory IgE-mediated signaling cascade. Answer 4, chromalin sulfate is a prophylactic asthma medication that prevents mast cell degranulation. And finally, answer 5, muscarinic antagonists such as ipratropium and teotropium are competitive inhibitors of the muscarinic receptors, thereby preventing bronchoconstriction. To leave you with a bullet summary, Xaluton is a 5-lipooxygenase pathway inhibitor that is used to treat asthma by blocking the conversion of arachidonic acid to leukotrienes. Moving on to the next question, a 47-year-old patient returns to his primary care physician after starting aspirin two weeks ago for primary prevention of coronary artery disease. He complains that he wakes up short of breath in the middle of the night and has had coughing attacks three times. After discontinuing aspirin, what medication is most appropriate for prevention of similar symptoms in this patient? And the choices are 1. Albuterol, 2. Teotropium, 3. Prednisone, 4. Montelukast, and 5. Fluticasone. The correct answer to this question is 4. Montelukast. So this vignette describes a patient who experienced acute respiratory reactions to aspirin. In addition to discontinuation of aspirin, the patient may need a leukotriene receptor antagonist such as montelukast. To quickly review, aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease or AERD is associated with dysregulation of arachidonic acid metabolism, particularly with an overproduction of leukotrienes. 
cyclooxygenase inhibition can further increase leukotriene accumulation due to decreased prostaglandin E2, which inhibits 5-lipooxygenase, which in turn inhibits leukotriene production. AERD can have both acute and chronic manifestations, but based on its pathophysiology, leukotriene receptor antagonists such as zafirulucast or montelukast are considered initial therapy to prevent symptoms. Risser et al. discussed challenges in diagnosis of AERD. Notably, AERD is not a true allergic reaction since it is not mediated by IgE crosslinking. It is rare in the general population, affecting only 0.07%, but has a 20% prevalence in patients with asthma. Symptomatic patients with asthma, nasal polyps, or recurrent sinusitis should raise suspicion for AERD, but diagnosis requires a controlled aspirin challenge. Dahlin et al. conducted a randomized trial that evaluated treatment of AERD with the 5-lipooxygenase inhibitor Xylutan. Compared to placebo, the addition of Xylutan to existing therapy improved both immediate and progressive pulmonary symptoms and function, whilst decreasing dependence on short-acting beta agonists. Combination therapy of Xylutan with aforementioned leukotriene receptor antagonists have not been evaluated vis-a-vis controlled trials, but are recommended by expert opinion if montelukast slash zafirulukast alone does not control symptoms. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, albuterol is a short-acting beta agonist. It is used for symptomatic relief of respiratory exacerbations, but not for prevention. Answer 2, teotropium is a long-acting anticholinergic used to prevent bronchospasms and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Answer 3, prednisone is a corticosteroid used for symptomatic management in respiratory exacerbations, but not for prevention. And finally, answer 5, fluticasone is an inhaled corticosteroid indicated in early management of asthma. And moving on to the final question. A 9-year-old boy presents to his pediatrician with a one-week history of pain while swallowing. His parents say that he started complaining about throat discomfort while eating meals, but that it has progressed to constant discomfort. They say he also recently started complaining about having a dry mouth. His past medical history is significant for seasonal allergies, asthma, and eczema. He uses a couple of medications, but his parents cannot remember the names. Physical exam reveals erythema with diffuse white patches on the boy's throat and tongue. The medication that is most likely responsible for this complication has which of the following mechanisms of action? And the choices are 1. Antibody that inactivates immunoglobulin E. 2. Blocking of leukotriene receptors. 3. Inhibition of phosphodiesterase activity. 4. Stimulation of adenylate cyclase activity. And 5. Upregulation of beta-adrenergic receptors. The correct answer to this question is 5. Upregulation of beta-adrenergic receptors. So this patient who presents with odinophagia, dry mouth, and white patches on his oral mucosa most likely has oral candidiasis, secondary to corticosteroid inhaler use. Corticosteroids work partially in asthma by upregulating beta-adrenergic receptors. To quickly review, asthma is a reversible reactive airway obstruction that leads to symptoms of wheezing, shortness of breath, and chest tightness. Inhaled corticosteroids are first-line therapy for patients with chronic asthma that cannot be controlled with beta-adrenergic agonists alone. Drugs in this class with inhaled formulations include mometazone, fluticasone, budesonide, beclomethazone, and flunicilide. The mechanism of action for this drug class is multifaceted but includes inhibition of cytokine release, inactivation of nuclear factor kappa light chain enhancer of activated B cells or NF-kappa B, and upregulation of beta-adrenergic receptors.
These drugs are usually delivered using an inhaler with a spacer to avoid deposition in the oral cavity. The major side effect is local immunosuppression in the oral cavity and development of oral candidiasis, which will present with dry mouth and pain while swallowing. This complication can be identified by characteristic white plaques on the oral mucosa that can be scraped off and treated with antifungal medications. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, antibody that inactivates immunoglobulin E describes the mechanism of action for amalizumab, which is also used in the treatment of asthma. However, the major side effects of this drug are flushing and allergic reaction. Answer 2, blocking of leukotriene receptors describes the mechanism of action for zafirlucast and montelukast, which are particularly effective in the treatment of aspirin-induced asthma. However, the major side effects for this drug class are nausea and stomach upset. Answer 3, inhibition of phosphodiesterase activity describes the mechanism of action for methylxanthine, such as theophylline, which are rarely used in the modern management of asthma due to the severe side effects of seizures and arrhythmias. And finally, answer 4, stimulation of adenylate cyclase activity is the mechanism of action for beta-adrenergic agonists, such as albuterol and salmeterol, which are first-line medications in the treatment of asthma. These medications are very safe because they act as pure bronchodilators but do not cause thrush. To leave you with the bullet summary, inhaled corticosteroids upregulate beta-adrenergic receptor expression and can lead to the side effect of oral candidiasis. That's all for this review about asthma drugs. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.